When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Welcome everybody to the podcast today. My name is Andrew Ross. I'm your host. Joining me today is uh, our intrepid uh, contributor, Murray Voth of RPM Training. Hello, Murray. Hi, everybody. And and our special guest today, Dave Halls of Amaranth Auto Service, located just outside of uh, Orangeville, Ontario. Now, the uh, topic of apprentices, uh, both keeping them, uh, training them, attracting them, is critically important to the success of the businesses in the automotive service market, obviously. Uh, but it's also an area of ongoing difficulty for a lot of shops. Now, uh, Dave Halls here from Amaranth Auto Service has had a significant success rate with uh, his handling of the apprenticeship category. Uh, so we wanted him to come on here uh, and hopefully folks at other shops can learn a little bit about where they've had success, some success and, and why. Uh, so hello, Dave. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, we're well. Now, let's just jump right into it here. Tell us a little bit more about your shop and, and your uh, philosophy and approach to handling that apprenticeship file. Uh, my shop here, we, we have three automotive bays and two heavy truck bays. Um, we usually try to keep one to two, two apprentices if we can on board at all times. Uh, having the automotive side in the heavy truck opens a lot of doors for, for the younger kids to come in and, and choose a direction uh, to, to go one way or the other. Uh, they're, they're expected to work on both when they work here. So I think that that helps with attraction uh, of the kids as well. And, and you know, you, you mentioned in before we uh, came on the session here that you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, how, does that does that play a role in in you know attracting and keeping apprentices? Is it a positive? Is it negative? I mean, you're surrounded kind of small urban centers, but also some some rural areas too, right? We have some large high schools around us in in the towns that uh, we're able to pull co-op students from. That's that's a good program to get students uh, right out of grade twelve interested and involved in the industry. And and fortunately, from there, we're able to keep them um, lower numbers, but good good uh, agricultural background uh, work ethic for for the students that do come. Right. How how important is that from a kind of community culture aspect uh, from your standpoint? Uh, it's it's a it's a small tight knit community, um, so definitely uh, ha having good local kids and, and supporting the community and supporting uh, the, the local kids from the area straight out of high school and giving them a good opportunity to to have have a good future and a good, and a good career uh, path uh, straight out of school definitely works well with the community together. Right, Marie, does this sound uh, kind of familiar? Is this sort of the kind of thing you hear from some of the other uh, shop owners that? Uh, uh, you're in constant contact with uh, on the kind of apprenticeship front? Yeah, uh, one of the most common things I hear from shops that are near agricultural regions is hire a farm kid. <laughs> uh, and because uh, they, you know, like Dave mentioned, they have a work ethic. They've learned, uh, they've learned physical work. Um, they've learned about caring for machinery because that's, that's your bread and butter, right? You got to be able to, to get that tractor out in the field. Uh, so they understand some of that part of it. Not to exclude other other kids, 
but I think, uh, you know, one of the things that people are talking about is, is there's less young people interested in, in cars, machinery, technology, because they weren't exposed to it. Um, you know, I'm one generation away from the farm. My dad grew up on one. Uh, so I grew up, we fixed most of our stuff on our cars at home. And I sort of picked up that up and kind of led me into the industry sort of through a long, long, a long journey. But um, so a lot of kids are not exposed to it. And in high schools, a lot of them are closing down their, uh, their shop programs, right? I don't know what Dave's, the programs are like in Dave's area, but here in British Columbia, <clears throat> many schools have closed down those shops and then the kids don't get exposed to it. Um, and so I think that's one of the challenges is to get kids exposed to it. It's just literally, you know, the cool factor of, of noise and grease and, and being around stuff and taking it apart is just not happening as much. And I think we need to bring those opportunities back to our high schools. So. What do you think, uh, Dave? What do you say to that? Yeah, definitely. The, the high schools have got less, uh, less programming uh, to, to work towards uh, what, what we're looking for. Uh, the, the teachers do a, do a very good job in our area. The, the co-op uh, teachers that, that <clears throat> oversee them do, a, do an excellent job of vetting the kids and, and getting the proper ones out um, to, to us anyway. We work, we work well hand in hand with them. Right, right. Can you dig into that a little bit? You say, you know, you work hand in hand with the with the teachers that I mean, how did you how do you make uh, kind of overtures? If I'm a at a shop, I mean, how do I a, approach that to make sure that I'm, you know, uh, getting my share and getting, as you mentioned, you know, the right candidates? The, the, uh, if, if you go to your local high school and, and poke your head in and, and find who the teacher is, um, uh, whether you, you call your principal and, and just kind of call and introduce yourself and and uh, kind of put out there exactly what you have to offer. Um, there, there might be there might be some kids that are maybe looking for more of a high end shop, and if you had if you had that or, or a Euro, that there are some kids out there that they're really interested in uh, in same Mercedes cars, and, and they want they want to go to a Euro shop, and and uh, the the uh, teachers are trying to fill all of, all of the positions for all of the kids, and if they don't know that you're out there, if you haven't reached out, then uh, you have to put, kind of put your foot forward to uh, get, get info into the, into the teachers that here I am and this is what I have. Sure, sure. So, you know, one step kind of down the road, I, I know in talking to, you know, shop owners in the past, uh, you know, they're concerned that they don't get kind of the right candidates, uh, you know, and, and, and maybe a little bit on their intake process isn't always the greatest uh you know, as far as uh, orienta orientation for the for the new candidate mm -hmm. coming in. I mean, how do you handle that when you have new somebody new coming in? You know, how do you approach that? How do you prepare them for their role uh, and, and for their, their uh, you know, process of apprenticeship? And what kinds of things do you do to make sure that they they're successful in their in their uh, completion? When when they come in, we, we usually try to uh, biggest is getting them uh, up to date on their safety things. Uh, the, the high schools do a great job of that as well, but we, we have our own uh, rules uh, as well that are sometimes go above and beyond and, and maybe slightly different to the high school rules. Uh, making sure that they're really looked after that way, um, young kids coming and learning that way, and also being clear with them when they come in. Uh, sometimes we have a position for an apprentice. Uh, if, for example, last fall we lost. A good young kid because I had because I had two already signed up. I don't have room for three. Uh, we were very clear with that off the start and and clarifying where your position is with the teachers as well will also sometimes help in that knowing that uh, 
it's not a six month fill in versus there, there's a very uh, possible career potential here uh, long term for that student. Right, right. You know, again, talking to some shop owners and, and you know, rightly or wrongly, I understand and Maria and I have talked a little bit about, you know, the importance of housekeeping uh, for everybody in our organization, but sometimes that can be uh, maybe it sounds like a little discouraging for apprentices uh, or candidates coming in. And the first thing that happens is somebody says, you know, everybody cleans around here and hands them a broom. And they're like, man, I was here to be a tech, you know, what's going on? Uh, you know, is, is there a way that you talk to them that keeps them in the shop? Or have you, have you sort of seen kind of the wrong way at other shops that, that has helped inform how you approach uh, bringing uh, these young young kids, they're not always kids, right? But these young kids coming in. These young kids are definitely around here are very much able to jump in and help and be overseen and take stuff apart and, and be a part of the repair process from start to finish. They definitely uh, are are uh, in charge of, of a lot of cleanup stuff, uh, washing vehicles after they've been serviced, cutting the lawn and, and a lot of stock and inventory stuff here. And, and that's probably one of the more frustrating ones is when you uh, ask them to redo uh, check inventory on a shelf and, and check stock. Um, with having the automotive and heavy truck here, we have a lot of odds and sods of parts that may not get used just as frequently, but explaining to them that you need to know where these are, that you can't come and ask every five minutes, where is this and where is that kept and where is this kept? And I, and I, I explained to them that I understand you're very frustrated having to do this and, and you think it's it's not the big rebuilding a motor type of job that you thought that you were going to be doing, but you can't rebuild the motor if, if you can't find where the spark plug is uh, to get it to start. So you, you need to be able to do that. And, and that also helps in our vetting on our side. If uh, if, this, if he's done the inventory on the shelf, if, this, if uh, the student's done the inventory on the shelf and, and it's a disaster after he's finished, then uh, maybe don't give that guy quite the high-end vehicle that, uh, you know, you're going to have to be, watch very close for fingerprints um, as much as maybe the old farm truck that uh, it, it helps determine their drive and, and willingness to uh, uh, follow instruction and to learn and, and do things correctly, uh, whether they like it or not. Uh, whether they like that job per se or not. Right. Well, I think there's all for all of us, you know, there's parts of our roles within our organizations that aren't our favorite. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that. I mean, some people really love to do the sweep up at the end of the day. They just they love it. It it gives them a real sense of satisfaction. I don't know that that's true with everybody. Um, you know, uh, but every job is important, right? To keep the operation running. And I guess that's the message that you're trying to convey to, as somebody new. I'm, I mean, we're talking about apprentices, but the same really applies to everybody in the organization, right? Like there and are that a, lot of roles around, and a lot of tasks we all have to do to keep things running smoothly, right? So, And that definitely helps around here as well, because even the, the lead guy will grab a broom and I will grab a broom and we'll, we will all take turns washing different vehicles. It's not like one is above the other. It's not like the uh, young apprentice gets all the washing or all the sweeping. It's uh, he, he might be sweeping right alongside in the, in the next bay to the most senior guy in the shop. And everybody has to pull their weight together. And I think that helps as well uh, yeah. that, that, that the senior guys aren't above it either. Yeah. What's, what's your view uh, there, Maria? I know we've talked about the importance of uh, uh, these kinds of tasks uh, and getting used to doing them before. Well, I was the reason why I was kind of laughing there is, is I work primarily with shop owners and I was just laughing at what some things that they they don't like to do that I bring along. 
<laughs> so, you know, teaching people how to use a Google Drive or, you know, running the Google My Business page and stuff like that. And I get the eye roll. <laughs> I get the eye rolls and stuff like that, right? So like you said, doesn't matter if you're 16 or 60, there are some things that just are not enjoyable to you, right? So it's just part of part of the job. Um, but one of the things that I've observed with Dave, not specifically per se, I, I've been, you know, I've been by the shop a long time ago, uh, been ages since I've been there, but, you know, I've had him and some of his team members in some of my classes and I've met them. And, I've noticed that com that camaraderie. I've noticed that, um, you know, even though somebody's got a lot of experience, they're not senior in terms of that. You know, everybody pulls their weight together and things like that. I really noticed that. But I also have a sense from Dave, just by observation, that you, you grow systematically as an apprentice. Like, you know, he's had a few recently, you know, just, just get their license and ones, you know, going back to school soon and stuff like that. And you see that after four years, they're a solid tech that can do the kind of stuff, right? So I've, I've observed that on the outside without really asking Dave specifically what his program is, because I watch other shop owners hire an apprentice and just throw them to the wolves, right? You know, you, you clean out the clean out the grease pit. That's your first job when you get here. That's your that's your baptism, right? And then if you make if you survive that, then we'll throw the broom at you, and then you know, and then a year and a half later the kid can barely do tires or, or an oil change. Right. Um, you know, people talk about the lack of profitability with apprentices. You can make a lot of money with an apprentice, right. Uh, but if you structure the work properly and bill it properly, right, Dave, like, you know, over your career, 100%. you know, Dave, Dave's told me, he may not have told you this, Andrew, but he's from him starting as a journeyman to shop ownership, I think 20 apprentices slash co-op students, right. Like in your career, over. So, you know, it's gotta be a process and I'm really, you know, Andrew, you and I chatted about this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm getting to the point now where I think every shop in Canada that's got at least three bays or more has to have one apprentice and there has to be a plan every month, right? You got the safety stuff is done. Now we have the cleaning stuff is done and inventory. Now this is how you use the tire machine and this is how you, this is how you raise a hoist and a car. And, you know, here's how you properly wash a car so that the customer is not mad that you actually washed it, Right. You know, and then here's how you take wheels off and balance and retorque. And so then, you know, by six months, maybe they are doing their first break jobs and there's a plan, right? So they, they can see a career plan. And I think it should be done structurally for two reasons. One, so the owner can know, checklist, checklist, checklist. I can assign this comfortably to this person. But young people, I think for a long time, but it seems like more so today, it's that career path that they're looking for. So if they see progress in their career path so that, Okay, sure. I've got to do inventory again, you know, eight months later or a year later. But at least between the time they started and did it for the first time, they've now, you know, helped rebuild an engine with the senior tech or they've done some exhaust work or some other kind of stuff that's blended. They can see their growth and their skill, right? They, I think young people need that regardless of the profession. So, right. Yeah. right. I know that the Canadian Apprenticeship Forum uh, recently did, you know, put out the results of an e-panel. Uh, I believe we've got them at uh, uh, indiegarage.ca, where it talks about things like that, exactly, you know, for job fulfillment, career path, having a clear idea of, of where they're going is really important to the kind of staying in the program, right? Right, Dave? I mean, like, how do you approach that? Do you, do you lay it out? Do you have a specific process or is it a little bit of a, you know, judging each each candidate as they come in and and working with your your team on that. Definitely, judge each candidate is is uh, done differently. 
Um, and, and with having the car on the truck side, you know, if they've done their three, three years of car and decide they want to do heavy or, or vice versa, then, then the doors at the end of it, they're, they're going to walk away from, from us specifically with, with two tickets, uh, in their hand. But, and, and also each, each, uh, I know everybody's looking for, uh, diagnostic technicians today, but not every student is going to be a diagnostic technician. Um, you know, some of those students may be very, very uh, efficient at, at doing front ends or alignments and, and brakes, and, and, and that's okay because we need those people too. We need, we need, we need the driveline specialist guys with engines and transmissions. So definitely each one, uh, the training is kind of tailored to maybe what, what they seem to like more and what they're at home in the evening watching YouTube videos on learning different things and, and where you're seeing those students be pushed as well. Uh, one one direction or another that they seem to be much more efficient at. How closely do you communicate uh, with uh, team members? And do you have a formal uh, mentorship kind of structure, or uh, is it a kind of daily basis, or you know, to communicate with the team and say, "Hey, look, how's this candidate doing?" and and where do you think we should kind of push them? Or we we still here. We still stop for coffee every day at ten o'clock and three o'clock, and we all sit down and we all have. A little chat and sometimes it's about the leaf game and sometimes it's about uh, one of the senior guys saying hey you did you did a fantastic job on that brake job this morning and, I, and and you filled the paperwork out really well after um good for you keep up the good work you know and the next the next three or four might be about the blue jays but it's always open and on the table for uh, for a discussion uh and and we stop for lunch as, as a team as well from, from 12 to 12 30 we stop for lunch and and there's always a chat about that sort of stuff and kind of a look over of where we're at in the shop and where we're going to get to that afternoon. Um, make sure that everybody's heads are kind of in the same space and, and keep rolling or who's struggling and, and maybe they do need a little hand with something and that's fine too. Right. Right. And you mentioned that sometimes, you know, the apprentices or the candidates, uh, you know, you don't, you don't actually end up with a spot for them at the, at the end of the day. I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, I know some some folks, you know, in different businesses, whether or not it's this trade or another, are like, geez, you know, I just spent all this investment in time and, and effort and, you know, they, they left, you know, they had to go somewhere else. Uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have spent the money or spent the time on it. Um, how do you how do you feel about your investment in time and money, knowing that there's always the possibility that they, they don't stay with your shop, right? It's very difficult when you have one that leaves, um, especially right after, uh, being licensed that you, you've put the time and effort and, and put them through and, and, and you do lose some, uh, it's, it's, it's part, I mean, you win some, you lose some with it, but hopefully, hopefully you win more than you lose. And, and all the way through, if, if they're being trained up and profitable, when they're coming into that third year, uh, they're, they're working right alongside the, the regular techs, um, and, and doing, doing the same thing that, that they're doing. So, it's definitely difficult when you lose one, um, but uh, you know th there's a lot that stay and there's there's a lot that uh, do come back. Or or the other thing is the majority, almost everyone that has left has sent work back if they've gone to another shop or gone to a private company that maybe doesn't have the same tooling that we have. That they would send over uh, an alignment from the business that they're at, say, or 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 sub out other work that they know that we do that they can't. So it has definitely paid dividends. Uh, further down the road um, when it comes to uh, coming back for for other repairs, even though they haven't moved on. That's awesome. Yeah. So I guess, you know, the bottom line here is, you know, you treat your, uh, well, it starts before their apprentices, right? You you get your head into the high schools, make sure that the, the those who want to make a career 
in the trade, know that you're a good place to start, uh, maybe a good place to stay. And uh, even if they leave for a while uh, at the end of their uh, kind of apprenticeship process, that, that it's still uh, maintaining that connection, uh, which is, speaks well of the culture that, that you've built there too, right? So um, that's awesome. Thank you, Dave. It's been really interesting. I, I think, you know, critically important uh, for the industry uh, and shop by shop uh, <laughs> efforts to make sure that we attract and retain the apprentices in the system. It, uh, it's not going to happen on its own. It's it's individual efforts uh, to to uh, you know keep keep uh, young folks uh, interested in the trade, working in the trades, great career, uh, and uh, you can lead to uh, shop ownership uh, for the right uh, for the right minds there. Uh, thank you uh, very much, Dave, uh, for thank giving you. us your story here. Uh, thank you, Murray, for joining yeah, us as well, pleasure. and uh, thank you everybody else for uh, spending the time to listen to us today. Uh, be safe, be strong, be well, attract those apprenticeships, treat them well when they come in the door and they will probably stay. And even if they go at the end of the day, they'll probably send some work back, right? That's not all bad. All right, folks, thanks very much. Take care. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. Brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at IndieGarage.ca and JobberNation.ca. A brand of Chat Integrated Media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.